Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. As we record now, uh, the coronavirus known as COVID-19 is uh, sweeping the media and it's go it's spreading around the world and it's not in massive numbers in most parts of the world yet but certainly there's reason for much of the world to be very cautious at this point um, and so in the wake of that right now many large conferences are being canceled uh, facebook just canceled their f8 conference for is it fate or f8 whatever it is uh, for, <laughs> who cares <laughs> for uh, for this year um, Google just announced yesterday that Google I.O. is canceled for this year, which uh, occurs in, in May. Um, there's been a bunch of other large cancellations of large conferences. And so right now there's pretty significant and I think very plausible speculation that Apple might cancel WWDC this year, which is you know scheduled to occur probably only a few weeks after Google I.O. Um, it is seeming like, the, you know, there's a bunch of particulars about this this particular virus that's spreading that... Um, that I think make it so that it's probably not going to be well contained or resolved quickly. Um, like you know, there's like a long gestation period and everything. So like it's it's probably going to be a while before this is under control. So it's making a bunch of companies and people rethink things like unnecessary travel or large group events. Um, and so I think, in my opinion, I, I suspect WBDC is already canceled, and they're just kind of making other arrangements and they'll probably not announce the cancellation until the other arrangements are ready to be announced and, and finalized. Um, and so I think th- I thought it would be useful this week to talk about what this might mean for the community, uh, for Apple, for developers, and, you know, kind of what the alternatives are and how that might help anybody moving forward and, and kind of what this means moving forward if, if at least for this year, there's probably no big tech conferences and and that maybe in future years this might, you know, it, it might cause changes that might affect future years as well. So what do you think? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think at this point it seems very unlikely that yeah, like, an, like an event like WWDC is going to happen um, anytime soon. That, that just the, even just the, and I think the, the, the reason for that is probably even like just an interesting thing to just briefly sort of touch on because, a, there's obviously the like the, the the risk is that if you take people from all over the world um, and intentionally bring them all into one giant room, that you are creating a you know an environment that is sort of if anyone comes into that environment who is carrying this you know carrying this virus, that it would then spread you know within within that community, and you know obviously that that's, that's not good. It's it's sort of just fundamentally, um, and I think it's not good for like th- there's the the general reasons why it's not good. And then there's even just like the fundamental strategic reasons for a company like Apple. Like obviously it's not good for uh, the disease to spread. It's not good for like the developer, you know, the an engaged subset, subset of the developer community for, you know, your various platforms to be sick. And it, you know, in broadly speaking, it doesn't see like for the typical demographic of the people who I see at WWDC, it is unlikely that COVID-19 is going to be particularly dangerous necessarily. Like it'll certainly be unpleasant if you contract it, but it is more likely something that you would, your experience would be similar to the getting the flu um, from sort of the general demographic there. But I think more fundamentally, like I think if I was Apple and I was trying to plan a conference, it's like the last, like the biggest difference between the 
online version of uh, WWDC, which Apple has been doing a great job over the last few years of building out. And, you know, there's a rich, robust experience if you are not physically in San Jose um, currently. Like, all the events are streamed, the videos are available relatively quickly thereafter, you know, and there's not, like, on-site like access to hardware or things that are like unique and special and only available there, you know, every pretty much like if the same version of Xcode is available if you're remote or if you're on site. Um, and in many ways, the biggest thing that is available and like unique about actually the on-site experience of WWDC is access to the engineering staff. Um, of of Apple, um, you know, access to the people who you know it's like physical access to the people who are building the things um, that get announced every year, and in many ways, like that physical access to me anyway, like that is the fundamental reason why I, th- I could imagine large organizations wouldn't want to have events like this, because the last thing Apple would want is the, you know, the core engineering team of their like mo- f- sort of flagship products to all get sick, um, in a way that. Um, you know, it's potentially, you know, if not, if not like, um, you know, profoundly dangerous for them, at least like knocking them out of commission for a while and causing all kinds of questions around quarantine and working from home. And, you know, if you're allowed to work from home, if you're working on like new and secret features at Apple, like I have no idea how that even works. Like there's lots of situations there that it's like, that's really problematic and could potentially derail, you know, the launch of the next version of watchOS, iOS, macOS, like that would be a really problematic thing. And that's like the one aspect of it that is, you can't reproduce online uh, sort of necessarily remotely, but like, that's the main thing where I think of this event and I'm like, it would seem really, a really poor strategic move for Apple to encourage people from all over the world to come and then interact directly with their engineers right now. Oh yeah. Well, and also just, I think an abundance of caution is warranted. You know, Apple is a very high profile public company like they they are very much in the public eye any any slip-ups they make are magnified like crazy by the media and by the public and so they need to be very careful if they take risks that could result in bad press and you know while COVID-19 is you know flu-like and most people who get it have just flu symptoms and, and flu problems and it can usually be treated um, some people die from it because some people die from the flu. You know, if, if you if you are, you know, very old or very young or have a compromised immune system or, you know, various other, you know, possible conditions, you could die from it. And can you imagine the, you know, how horrible it would be if somebody came to WWDC, caught this virus and died from it? Like, yeah. there, nobody wants that, you know, for lots of reasons. That would be horrible. And and I think that's that's why, like, these companies are being especially cautious about this. And and so that and that, that's one of the reasons why like I I think Apple has already canceled it like I I can't imagine they would be willing to take a risk like that, um you know in, in with, the, with such a high profile thing, so I think you know it, it's interesting you know you mentioned that that they've been building out like streaming and and the the offline experience because if you look at conferences like this you know WBDC is about a five thousand person conference and it has to serve three audiences really if you think about it It has to serve the media the fans and the developers and the media can be served in lots of different ways you know not all of the media is even there in the room during the you know during the big keynote uh there's lots of you know they already have been live streaming the keynotes for years and so most of the world's media most of the world's fans and big point here most of the developers are not at the conference anyway 
most of them are watching the live streams because they can't all be there because the room only holds 5,000 people and there's a lot more than 5,000 people who are interested in this content and want to see it or who need to see it for their jobs. There are way more than 5,000 Apple developers out there. So we've already had this problem for years where most people who want or need to get this content can't be there in person. So they have to find ways, they've had to find ways to you know, both make the selection process a little bit more accessible of getting there in the first place and then for all the people who don't get there, of making the content available to them somehow. So really, Apple is already very well set up to have an online-only WWDC because they've, they've been moving in that direction for years. They, they already are almost there. Uh, I, I do think you know, the, the, the keynote, fine. You know, they, they could have media events, you know, bringing a few hundred journalists into the Steve Jobs Theater to have a media event is much less risky than bringing 5,000 people into a giant room. Um, they might still do that, they, they, you know, have the, have the media thing in their own theater. They might even just skip that and just have, like, a small selection of just employees there to basically clap uh, and, <laughs> and, and live stream it to everybody else around the world. Maybe they could have, you know, private briefings like they've been doing for many recent product uh, releases and, and announcements. So the media side, I think they have covered pretty well. I think they have lots of options there that they've already been doing that might not even involve any in-person gatherings of large groups of people, uh, or at least would involve only one kind of small one like at the, like at the theater. Um, and so the media side is covered. The fan side is also covered if the media side is covered because the fans watch the streams <laughs> and, and most of the fans aren't there. So that's, they have that covered too. And so that leaves us with the developers. How do the developers you know, get their needs taken care of? And again, because the vast majority of developers are you know, way more than that 5,000 number that can actually be there, they already have been having their needs covered pretty well with access to the videos and the, you know, the slide PDFs and having searchable transcripts and, and sample code downloads and everything. That's already been covered pretty well in the past. So they just have to keep doing that, and then that leaves this one remaining piece, which is labs, as you said, where you get to actually talk to Apple engineers who write the stuff that you're having problems with. You can you can show them your code. They can they can tell you like certain things you're doing wrong or certain things you should be doing. Like labs are invaluable, but labs have always had this problem of very limited access. You know, if you think about this kind of democratically, if you have, I mean, let's conservatively estimate. There might be a hundred thousand people who who are who would want to be there if they could, right? You know, they, they have five thousand seats. Let's say there's a hundred thousand Apple developers who would love to be there. There's probably actually more than that. You know, software development is a massive business. Mobile is a massive part of software development, and the iPhone is a massive part of that. So, yeah, I, I mean, think, and Apple always talks about how there's like millions of developers. Right. There's probably like, that that is. that is probably not wrong. <laughs> you yeah. know. So like, but you know, let's say there's a hundred thousand, and and so we've only been having like a five percent availability rate for who even has access to these you know the labs that were there in the first place and then let's say also you know that's that's not an evenly distributed five percent because that's very relevant to things like cost and ability to travel ability to get time off work or to have your have your job pay for this very expensive travel and lodging and this conference ticket like it's so like it's been kind of this exclusive, expensive, uh, you know, very limited access, and it it feels kind of wrong that 
most developers don't have access to this amazing resource of being able to talk to people in labs and only this like tiny percentage that is fortunate enough to get a conference ticket at all and to be able to pay for all of it and to be able to get there and everything, which is a very small percentage of developers around the world. It seems like this is a good opportunity to actually change the way that works. And we have things like the the DTS incident system. You know, every Apple developer or every paid Apple developer account comes with these uh, developer technical support or DTS uh, incidents. I believe it's two per year, right? Something like that. I, I hardly ever use them, but I think it's you get two per year. Yeah, I've actually never used one. <laughs> I, I feel very wasteful. I've, I always like every problem I ever have. I'm like, oh, I don't want to waste one on this. Sure. And so as a result, I've literally I've been an Apple developer for like 12 years. I've never used one. <laughs> but, but anyway. Um, they they have certain resources, but it's Apple does not have a ton of engineers. They're they're not like the resources they have are not as big as most people would assume. They don't have as much free time or as much availability to help people as you would assume. And so they've always had these weird systems of like sometimes you would have like a, an app store representative reach out to you to to like you know say hello i'm i'm your, i'm going to be your representative here if you have any questions or you know you want to talk to us about editorial stuff email me like you know sometimes you have somebody like that on the inside who's kind of like on your team um most people don't sometimes you can go to wwdc and have access to people in the labs most people don't sometimes you might know someone who works there and be able to like message them and, and ask them questions that way most people don't and so there's all these processes where there are special levels of access and special like ways that you can get help outside of the regular DTS system and outside of the, you know, that, that what's available to everybody and only a very small percentage of developers have access to that. So I would like there to be more effort put into making those resources available to everyone. You know, I'm lucky that in recent years I've gotten some of those resources, but it's actually only been very recent. <laughs> and I spent most of my career, including like, all of Instapaper and most of Overcast so far, not having those resources. And and so I know what it's like to feel like Apple is just this big brick wall that you have no way into. And when you have a problem or when you have a, a, a big question or a big bug, that's really hard to deal with. So I, I'm really interested to see, like, what changes Apple makes this year that might help break down that barrier just a little bit. I know they can't break it down all the way because they have limited resources, but to break it down just a little bit to try to to try to solve basically the labs at WBDC problem without having WBDC, I think that might be more broadly applicable, and it could really help out developers if they could find a way to further democratize that. Speaking of democratization of technology, we are sponsored this week by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's entire infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have 11 data centers worldwide now, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia. With their enterprise-grade hardware, S3-compatible storage option, and next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price that, frankly, is accessible to a lot of people. Their plans start at just $5 a month, and they have lots of options for all the different resource types you might need that go up from there. That $5 a month plan has one gig of RAM and is honestly very capable. I use a bunch of those myself uh, for various tasks, and I have a bunch of the higher tier ones for like heavier duty tasks. 
I've been a Linode customer for a long time, and I absolutely love them. They have all sorts of great features. They have things like dedicated CPU plans. If you need like that you know, particular uh, attribute, they have GPU compute plans. One-click installs are very popular things that you might want to configure, things like WordPress, a LAMP stack, Minecraft servers, and so much more. So go to linode.com slash radar and use promo code radar2020 when creating a new account, and you will get a $20 credit towards your next project. By the way, they're also hiring right now. If that interests you, go to linode.com slash careers. Anyway, the $20 credit, one more time, is at linode.com slash radar with promo code radar2020. Our thanks to Linode for hosting all my servers and supporting this show and all of Relay FM. So I've been thinking a lot about the sort of the labs question, right? Like, and, and how to address that. And I think I, for a, I totally agree that I think the labs are not actually, like, they're not a great solution to the problem of um, sort of access and support from the developer technical community like that at a that yeah, they, they serve a tiny fraction of the community at large um, just by this the nature of what they are and then it's like the even there like you get you know it's like if there's some problems and some issues that can be solved with you know 10 minutes with an apple engineer and like when when that happens that feels like magic and it's amazing and that's happened to me before like you go you show someone they're like oh you're doing this wrong i you know flip this around and like when it happens it's amazing but in general even the lab itself, like it can be, it can be frustrating or like it's a kind of problem that you, they can't help you with or can't necessarily give you direction for. And like their job is not necessarily like they're, they're the, the engineers are not there. They're not educators in the sense that it's, if you're trying to learn to program like the way or like how to use, you know, if you're trying to learn how to use, um, you know, the event kit API, like the way to, the way to learn that is not in the labs at the event kit with the event kit team. The way is probably through online tutorials and videos and books and, um, like Stack Overflow. Like that is a much, you know, the, the community resources for most things are very robust and good. And like, we're at the only place where it gets any at all tricky is just like with new things that for which the community has not developed the education and support sort of infrastructure around it. And what I'm reminded of is the launch of watchOS 1, um, which to, I was trying to think if I, there was a, this happened before, but I th- it was one of the few times when Apple introduced a n- substantial new platform and framework um, outside of WWDC. It happened with tvOS also. Oh, sure. And then with tvOS, they did the uh, Tech Talks, right? Yep. yep. They traveled around the country doing like little mini WWDCs in various cities. And yep, it was fun. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember with watchOS is what was interesting is the Apple developer forums, um, which have been around for a very long time. Um, for that particular launch, I, because I, I would imagine because they had launched this platform without, you know, the typical sort of WWDC infrastructure around a new platform launch. Um, I remember the developer forums were like the place to go to talk and they were, they were very actively sort of moderated and, staffed by apple engineers i can only imagine like i mean they're just like nameless avatars from my perspective i have no idea if they're people who work in like the dts system if they're on the evangelism team if they were engineers like but there were i distinctly remember there being lots and lots of people with like the little apple badge next to their name in the developer forums being really helpful in answering the same kind of questions that um, you would be answered in the labs that, you know, if there's things that come up, you kind of, and primarily, honestly, the biggest advantage I, I would I like to hear when I go to the labs, it's like most of what, I, what I'm going there for is the, is this a bug or am I doing it wrong? Like, 
the because so often with especially with new things you kind of end up in these places where you're using a new api and like it's giving you a response that you don't expect and because it's new and because this is like beta one of what you know ios 14 you don't know if this is a bug and you should report it as a feedback or you're doing something wrong and it's actually doing it's like it working as designed and showing it to an engineer they're able to be like that's a bug or this is working and it's designed and the same thing happened in the developer forums with the original watch os launch like the time and time again it was people would report problems and you'd kind of get the like huh that looks like a bug please file a, you know please file a radar at the time like and that was the very useful thing and that scaled reasonably well like and the nice thing about that experience is if I have a problem and I go to the developer forums and I talk about my problem and then, you know, I get, and some of someone at Apple is able to, or someone else in the developer forum is able to give me help and, you know, point me in the right direction. The next time someone else has that problem, it is now searchable. Like it'll show up in their search results or they go to the developer forums and search it. And now it actually starts to scale that you can have that one interaction rather than just benefiting one person in that, you know, 10 minutes with that engineer, that 10 minutes of that engineer time suddenly benefits you know, tens or hundreds or thousands of people um, going forward. And so in that sense, like the more I, I love going to the labs, like I, it's one of my highlights of the year. Like, it's just, I really enjoy it personally, but like when I really take a step back and think about, could that experience be replicated, um, you know, online with things like the developer forums or an increase in just sort of general documentation and, um, guides or potentially even like you could, you know, there's all kinds of things you could imagine. You could imagine Apple doing like specifically reaching out to some of the sort of well-established educators um, within the community and like working with them, like so that, you know, giving them at, sort of, you know, having, have, giving, having them have phone calls with the engineering staff so that they deeply understand it and then they can go off and write huge amounts of content sort of and, and be a resource to other people. Like all of those things scale so much better. And while I would miss not going to the labs, like the reality is it's been a tremendous privilege for me to be able to go to the labs as, as often as I have. And that's an experience that you know is, is not available to most people and any solutions and things that they do to sort of mitigate the removal of them is ultimately better for the community overall. And I think that's ultimately probably the, the right way to go. Like do things that address the issue of the, you know, wanting to explain the reason behind and understand like bug or feature of new APIs um, to the community. Like, the, and I think the developer forms is the thing that comes to, to mind the most for me is a great way to sort of place that Apple already has infrastructure around to do that and to be active and engaged in that. And people know that if they have a problem with a new API, that's where they go. And if they do that, like, I think would be all right. I don't think overall the engagement or an adoption of the new APIs or new technologies that Apple would have announced um, in person um, would really be in any way harmed. And the access side of it, both just in terms of, you know, it's so like the, it's, you have, it's, I love the things when it feels just sort of equal and egalitarian that like if someone, it doesn't matter if you can afford five or $6,000 to go to San Jose, you have exactly the same footing as someone who can. And like, I love that. And I ultimately like, that's, I think, the direction they should go. And, like, what that means next year when this is calmed down, like, who knows? But if this year goes well, then, like, maybe WDC itself becomes something that is, you know, sort of less of a thing or not a five-day conference, but becomes a shorter conference. And, like, the funny thing that even, too, that comes to mind, like, when I think about WDC without a physical event, like, 
you wouldn't have the weird thing you have now where um, talks are done on a schedule where if the, the new technology that you're interested in is not a, like being talked about until Friday, you have like a week where you can't really start working on it because you don't really know how it works. Like you would imagine Apple would pre-record all of the videos about all of the topics ahead of time and then, you know, release them on Monday afternoon when they release the new version of Xcode. Um, and just like they're all, they're all, everything's available all at once, which is in many ways, I mean, it's, it's kind of a ridiculous mind bending fire hose to start to drink from, but at least you don't have this weird thing where you're like, sometimes this happened to me at WWDC where the new technology I'm interested in is like talked about on Friday and then there's a lab for it, you know, afterwards. So, but it's like, most of the week at WWDC, this new thing that I'm trying to work out and wrap my head around, like I have no support or infrastructure um, to, to, to dive into that. So ultimately, like, it might be better. And like, it's bad and like sad from a nostalgic perspective. But ultimately, I think I would be okay with it. And it would be ultimately probably better for the community at large to really shift in that direction. Yeah, I mean, like the tradition angle is certainly strong. I mean, I, I you know, Apple's been holding this for a very long time. I've personally gone since two thousand nine. That's the same year you started going, right? Yep, two thousand nine was my first one. Yeah, and so you know, we've gone to like you know eleven of these or whatever. If I'm off by one, sorry, I'm a programmer. Um, and then, you know, I I think though it's time to scale this. You know, when when this started, the developer community was way smaller. Uh, and they they actually had trouble selling out the tickets to to the conference, um, sure. but but that that time has long since passed. And so anything that can benefit more people, as you said, like you know scaling these resources is beneficial. So I thought you know one one way to end this would be uh, a, a repeat segment on this show: how we would spend Tim Cook's money. Sure. <laughs> you know, if Apple doesn't host this conference, they're going to save a lot of time and resources. Not all of it; it still takes time to do things like prepare the, the presentations, give them, do the videos, you know, put them up, everything, you know, do you know do stuff like that that still is going to take time and engineering time in particular because uh, the engineers usually write those presentations and often give them uh, but they there is still way less work for them to do if they don't have this conference and so how would we allocate those resources and i think the best way to allocate them is to fix some or Im- at least improve some long-standing shortcomings that affect this kind of thing directly number one is documentation you know there's been a lot of bad or missing or incomplete documentation for many modern APIs that Apple has released over the last few years. Clearly, the documentation team is either understaffed, overworked, both, who knows, but they need to put more resources into documentation, and this would be a good excuse to do that, like, now. Um, Another area that could use a lot of improvement that is relevant to this is staffing up DTS. I've always heard DTS has a small staff, uh, smaller smaller than you would probably think, and that's one of the reasons why access has to be so limited to it. How about stuffing that up and making those resources more available to anybody who has a developer account instead of just the people at the conference? And finally, I know this is a big ask, but maybe improving radar slash feedback system, whatever we're calling it these days, the improving the public interface to that, not putting a new coat of paint on it, but improving the amount and quality of communication that external developers get when they file feedbacks, radars, whatever we're calling them. Because right now it's still pretty miserable. Most reports still go totally unanswered. Usually, The, the few answers you do get uh, tend to be like, we need a cis-diagnose, which you usually don't need. Or things like, you know, please reproduce with the sample project, like when you often already included one. Like, you know, it, re- responses that make it look like they're just kind of trying to batch close a bunch and not looking that closely at yours. And and then, you know, usually 
usually there's stuff that happens behind the scenes with your bug if it gets uh, you know viewed by anybody um, that you aren't privy to that never gets back to you it's never updated usually it isn't even marked as a duplicate even when it is one like the public facing interface to bug reporter is minimal like you get almost no feedback so it seems like it's a waste of your time to even file bugs in the first place this would be a good opportunity to improve that as well put in put processes in place by the way this will also improve software quality put processes in place to better deal with the bug reports that get filed and to have more just generally more and better feedback and allow the people who are filtering these more time to do their jobs because again it really feels like they're rushing when they go through and batch close a whole bunch of bugs you know like give them more time give them more resources make this a priority to make the bug reporting interface better for developers who, who don't work at apple because right now it's still pretty miserable and so combine that with better documentation and increased dts resources and i think that would go a long way towards every apple developer's experience yeah, and I think the biggest thing that comes to mind for me, if I was to like spend Tim Cook's money or like reorganize things at Apple, is I honestly think there is a benefit in not having a single event that all of kind of development is focused around that happens once a year. There's this big drop of information, and then it kind of goes radio silent again. That I think it would be great to increase the kind of ongoing um, communication, support, documentation going forward that this is just like something that they do it isn't necessarily all at once um like i'm thinking how like the there's a lot of developer guides or videos or things that you could imagine that just it's just if it just became a regular thing that apple is putting out um that they're or working with um content other sort of external content creators to encourage or to work with and like you can kind of imagine a world where if, it, if you didn't focus everything around just WWDC, that you instead have this focus of just this constant sort of this constant creation of content. You would just increase the overall quality um, of of sort of communication and education out there. And ultimately, like that's what Apple wants. Like Apple wants us to understand their APIs, to take full advantage of them, and to then to ultimately then make their platforms look good by taking full advantage of all the things they're putting the effort in into creating in the first place. And so like the more resources you can put into that and then expanding that over the course of the year, I think would just further Apple's vision in that way. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please wash your hands and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.